This is Single in the City with Laura Bellata on Talk Radio AM 640. Hello and thanks for tuning in to Single in the City, the dating and relationship show on Talk Radio AM 640. I'm Laura Bellata, your host. At my 8 to 9 job, I'm also a date coach and matchmaker and now new author. Well, nowadays, too many people get too caught up in their careers and maintaining a strong and happy relationship with a partner when one or both members of the relationship are busy with their career can be an extremely difficult struggle. On today's show, we are going to be offering tips on how to better understand and handle a relationship with a busy career-minded partner or as a busy career-minded partner. My co-host today is the lovely Sandra Carusi, Mm -hmm. host of Inside Jokes on Talk Radio AM 640 and the executive producer of the show. And our panel guests are Justin DiCiano, Toronto City Councillor of Ward 5 in Etobicoke. Justin is here to talk about how he maintains a healthy relationship with a hectic work schedule. And we welcome Dr. Mariana Bokarova. I love saying that. (laughs) A principal consultant at MBMD Human Factors Consulting, who teaches the psychology of relationships and the science of stress at the University of Toronto. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Awesome. Thank you. So I just want to start off, Justin, I haven't seen you in a while. Justin and I, yeah, Justin and I go way back. Back in the day, he uh, he bid on me at an auction at a single in the city auction (laughs) for charity. Poor guy spent seven hundred bucks on me, and it took me a year to go out with him. Uh, And then he he didn't get laid at the end. No, but it was a good dinner. (laughs) We're gonna bleep the. He didn't get kissed. That's right, but we had a good uh, good time at dinner. Good conversation. It was good conversation. Why didn't you close the deal? Let's talk about that right off the top. What's the problem? Because you're building a business, you can't close a deal. I have this problem with someone right now. Uh, I think he just certainly hates me, but. certainly for for uh, young entrepreneurs, they uh, there's there's a there's a high level of time commitment to any new business or or enterprise you're working on. Was I an enterprise? Well, you you are an enterprise for sure. You're a brand oh, these days, to make aren't me you? Barf. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, very popular brand these days. So, but for sure, I mean, lots of young folks that are committed to uh, to building an enterprise uh, uh, make that commitment, and uh, you know, dating and certainly um, uh, your private life can get in the way. So, make See, a choice. I have. A, I'm sorry, we're jumping right into this, Laura, and and, and of course, uh, Mariana, you need to help me. That stresses <laughs> me out as a single woman. Yeah. I hear this a lot, uh, guys who. Uh, who I asked to be on the show, actually, he's an entrepreneur as well, and really putting relationships on the back burner, because apparently guys can't do two things at once. Is that what it is? What is it, Justin? uh, You don't feel (laughs) enough as a man if you don't have a title and a job in order to, like, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not, I don't really mean it. Yeah, listen, I think everybody's different. Uh, Certainly, you know, I've analyzed the the, the dating scene for many, many years, and I think that there's... (laughs) Slim pickings for women out there, i got to be honest. Um, and we say the same thing about men, Justin. No, I'm, I'm saying that about men. I'm <laughs> saying there's slim pickings for women uh, Oh, for there. women. Yeah, yeah men, men are... Okay, mar- sorry, mar- I <laughs> Most men are No, because are very... I get... Well, because I get men telling me, too, that there's slim pickings for women. That's not... Like, like I just see beautiful women all the time. It's not yeah. about beauty, though. Well, but you yes, know. of course, women are more beautiful than men. We get to wear makeup <laughs> and the whole thing, the whole Botox. nine yards. We get to, yeah, well, guys are getting Botox, too. But but yes, I hear it from the guys too. It's more than just what you look like. It's all about personality as well. For sure. So let's get started. So Justin, tell us about your situation now. Are you married, kids? Yeah, I have a partner. Uh, we've been together for about uh, four years and we have three kids. Um, we have a, a baby, baby, well, she's not a baby anymore, but we've got a five-year-old, 
a uh, 2-year-old and an 11-month-old. And uh, and it's a, a very, very busy, uh, hectic uh, lifestyle, but we love it uh, primarily because we have our children. Now, when I knew you back then, you were an entrepreneur. And um, was it a challenge for you to suddenly, you know, become a couple? Um, I think my, my situation is a little, a little different. I, uh, I met, a, I met a girl who was actually, uh, tragically widowed and she had oh. a, a young, uh, baby girl who was about 13 months old. And for me, I was, uh, very busy in my, in my business career. Um, and some just, you know, as you, as you get older, uh, certainly for myself, I'm sure for, for most, uh, people, uh, you know, priorities start to change. And that one day that I met the two of them together, um, I just kind of knew that day that uh, that was going to be the next chapter of my life. So I made it happen. Well, very happy for you. Now, Mariana, yes. you get to talk now. <laughs> so in your opinion, yeah. what is the number one setback to dating a busy partner? I would say time. <laughs> and the reason for that is because we're a social species. Evolutionarily, we're We've adapted to form stable and affectionate bonds, and we suffer physically and psychologically when we don't have contact with other people. And with entrepreneurs especially or with busy people, you just don't have time to have that meaningful contact with another person. And we know from studies in psychology that literally if you leave an infant child Mm. alone without being touched, it will die by the age of two years old without any touch whatsoever. And when so, you leave a 40-year-old woman without <laughs> action, she could die. This is very tragic. <laughs> but um, so it's really it's really about the time, right? Like how do you make time to actually see someone, to hold their hand, to be physical with them, to hug them, to cuddle? Um, so I think that's the major setback of people who are co- sort of chronically busy. So what are some things that people need to keep in mind before they, you know, start dating an entrepreneur or thinking about dating an entrepreneur? I think they need to know who they are as people first, Mm -hmm. because some people just naturally, they're not particularly compatible with, with busy people or people who are continuously avoidant. So we know from the literature and psychology that there are three main ways that we attach to people. The first of those ways is what's called a secure attachment where you're trusting and you're, you know, you're happy with whoever you're with. You don't worry too much about them. The second type of attachment we form is, or we could form rather, is an anxious attachment where this is the classic person who if you text or if you, if they text you um, and you don't respond within five minutes, they're calling your phone 20 times being like, what's happening? Are you going to leave me? Please don't leave me. That's where you need to take it slow. Yeah. And the third type is the avoidant attachment. So this is the avoidant attachment makes up about 20% of the population. They're usually men. This is the James Bond stereotype mm. of the lone wolf, right? The, the um, guy or the person who could just go at it alone, doesn't really need anyone, doesn't really need intimacy. So if you can sort of self-identify that you might be um, anxiously attached or you have that sort of attachment style, being with a busy person is not going to be very helpful because you're continuously going to be harping on the fact that they're not there for you. And I think too is be aware of your love language. We all have love languages or at least one, a primary one. And a love language is something that people need and want in a relationship. I actually talk about it in my book, Single in the City. And basically, if you, your love, there's five of them. So there's words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. So if your love language is quality time, then you definitely don't want to Mm -hmm. date someone who's really busy or an entrepreneur or Mm -hmm. just doesn't have the time for you. 
Good point. Yeah. Okay. So we'll be right back after this message. You're listening to Single in the City on Talk Radio AM 640. Now back to Single in the City with Laura Bellata on Talk Radio AM 640. We're back. You're listening to Talk Radio AM 640. Sandra Carusi from Inside Jokes is here along with Justin DiCiano, Toronto City Councillor, and Dr. Mariana Bocarova, an instructor at the University of Toronto who teaches the psychology of relationships. We are discussing relationships with a busy career-minded partner or as a busy career-minded partner. So Mariana, this question is for you. Sorry. In the dating world, being too busy is often an excuse mm-hmm. because, you know, you're just not feeling the person. How do you know if the person you're dating is busy or just avoiding you or prepping to end the relationship? Yeah, that's a great question. I think certainly in the dating world, a lot of people have it and they do use, you know, I'm really busy, I'm really busy as an excuse um, instead of just oh. being honest. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> I think <laughs> That's Sandra, not me. I think, um, honestly, the key is to communicate. So you should be able, hypothetically, if you're with someone who you want to be with, maybe in the long run, you should be able to communicate with that person. So I'll give you um, an anecdotal example from a friend of mine. She started seeing someone last September. They hit it off. It went great. They went on a few dates. A few weeks passed by, and he was he was an entrepreneur, very, very, very busy. Um, and she started feeling a little anxious because every time she would suggest a date, he would say, oh, you know, I'm really busy with work. How about next weekend? And that became, you know, how about the weekend after that and the weekend after that? That's when you have to leave. Yeah. So or at she, least threaten to leave. Because yeah. <laughs> I did or, that too. Or and he's com- still begging to come back. Yeah. Or communicate, right? So for her, she said, you know, I'm not really sure what's going on. I, this is the first relationship that I've been in where the where you're constantly busy. And I just want to know if you're not interested, let me know. I'm totally fine with it. And so instead of him being a mature adult and mm-hmm. saying, I'm not interested, thanks so much, that's the end of it. He sort of led her on for a few weeks until eventually he just totally ghosted her, stopped responding to her messages. Now, lo and behold, two months later, he comes back with a text message and her response was, you know what, this really isn't for me because she ended up learning that she has anxious attachment style. She has an anxious attachment style and she's not capable of being with someone who's busy. So how, how do you know whether it's actually ending or whether the person's really busy? I think communicate with them, let them know how you're feeling, and then see how they respond. Because if they respond by saying, no, no, I'm just really busy, there's a difference between that and saying, you know what, I'm really sorry, let me call you. Or I can't get out of this meeting, yeah. but as soon as I'm out, I have five minutes free, I'll let, let's go for lunch or something like that trying to reschedule versus just saying I'm busy I'm busy I'm busy over Mm -hmm. and over again that's when you know there's an issue and And somebody needs to be checking in too yeah I mean if they don't have that much time that's great but they if they're not checking in at all you know on a daily basis or every couple days to know how you're doing then they're definitely on their way out they're not interested yeah I think would you would you say Marianne Mm -hmm. I think at the beginning because I talked to a lot of my single girlfriends and sometimes you're just not a fit because if you're if their priority is work number one, workout number two, skiing, 
snowmobiling and you're a good six and you want a relationship to be a one, I think Mm -hmm. that needs to be cleared, right? Yeah, absolutely. Priorities have to be put in place Mm -hmm. at the beginning. And I think a lot of times what happens is people get into relationships without having any idea what their needs are. And so it's sort of ridiculous because you're expecting another person to fulfill these needs that you haven't even identified. But sometimes people um, aren't sure about the person. Right? So they just kind of string them along a little bit. Yeah. They're just not sure. Well, they just want their good time too. They're getting what they want out of it, but they have no intention. I Justin, think- when, when, how did you end relationships when you weren't interested? Well, I think, uh, you know, when you're a young a young guy, you you probably use that tactic. You'd well, how young your, are we talking? <laughs> well, in yeah, your early 20s, <laughs> I think is, a, uh, is something that that's probably a pretty normal thing. Um, but as you get older, you just got to know that being honest and communicating is the best way out of any situation, and um, being honest is is a good practice for being a good parent, for being a good partner, uh, you know, and in business. Uh, Can I ask Justin? No, yeah. seriously, you're a good-looking guy. We're, I know him uh, socially. We go to Posticino. We I just plug them for no reason, but yep. uh, I see you there. <laughs> great restaurant, great restaurant. Um, but when you were single and dating, did you honestly say to women, kind of to what Mariana was saying, that? Did you just use an excuse that you're a busy guy, or did you really come out and say, "Look, this is not working for me"? Yeah. So as I got older, it the the, the truth would come out more. Uh, okay. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you you have to be honest with people. These are you know it's someone's feelings. Well, have um, you heard of the phenomenon now called ghosting? Oh my god. Where people just disappear. Yeah, they really just happened. disappear. How, they how just, do you disappear in this day and age of social media? So it's just happening. Good point. Yeah. This is actually what I'm researching right now at the University of Toronto. Which can is, you explain it? Yeah. So ghosting is when you basically just fall off. <laughs> the face of the earth so you stop responding to text messages you stop um responding to facebook messages emails phone calls what have you and it's really unhealthy and unfair. it's sociopathic is what it is <laughs> yeah, but it, it at the end of the day it's totally unfair and i think and they don't the realize reasons, what they're doing to the people that are being ghosted yeah. i think it's just easier you know like for especially they're cowards is what they are yes cowards but yes. I, I don't know that it's easier i mean it, to, well, to it is. Ghost it's easier yourself, to just it's kind leave of stress you and not have to say, listen, I'm not interested in you. And I think that's what they're afraid of, right, Mariana? So actually what I found in just my preliminary uh, preliminary findings, so I haven't published this paper yet, but I'm getting to it, um, is people who ghosted felt almost as bad as the mm-hmm. people who were ghosted because sure. they felt guilty for what they were doing. Sure. I think they just, to be honest, I think they just hadn't learned the skills of how do you communicate honestly? How do you look someone in the eye and say, I'm sorry, I really really don't want to be with you. Yeah. It's, you, you it's a tough thing to do. It, I, know. I, used to, I think I used to ghost people a little bit back in my like early how? days. Well, it took her a year to go on a date. So. <laughs> okay, this is all about Laura and how wonderful well, she was. No, I, because I have a really Casper. hard time um, facing people and rejecting them. I have a hard time because I have like yeah. a big heart and I really feel, honestly feel bad for people. Women, so, it's a, it, honestly women do because we're socialized on the majority not to be mean not to be hurtful to sort of preserve um the feelings of everyone around us and so we're not mostly as women we're not really taught to be assertive we're conflict avoidant Mm -hmm. so when it comes to having something like a conflict where you have to tell someone you know i'm sorry i'm not interested it's really difficult for most women like it's a it's a problem that i think most um most 
women and I would say people in general have mm-hmm. if they haven't learned the skills of this is, you know, this is how you communicate honestly and it's going to be okay. Yeah, communicating is yeah. the key. I mean, yeah. and, and, and the, the quicker you're honest, um, you know, you, you're going to be able to maintain that friendship and who knows what, what, what uh, prospers after that um, through that honesty. Yeah, and okay. you never want to burn a bridge. So let's talk about if you're the busy one. Justin, how do you make time when you don't have it? Because you don't have a lot of time. I know that. Well, you you have to do things together. So if you've got a busy day, uh, make sure you, like for me, I'll make sure I get home and I, I cook with my wife and nice. my partner. You and, make her your secretary too? Uh, no, she's not my secretary. She's my <laughs> life partner. And uh, we make sure that we're doing things together. And like we were mentioning before, uh, you know, touch you is a very think, important But think of, of your life back in the day when you were an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and you really didn't have any time because you were just building a business. Yep. Like, because I, I, I know for myself, I, I, I hardly have time some, da- some days and it's so difficult to make time for my guy. You know, how did you do it? Uh, well, in my busy, in my early days when I was running a business, I didn't make a lot of time for that. I, I was really focused on, on So you remained career. single then? So I remained single. So um, it's okay that I didn't call you for a year. It was okay. That's why I, I didn't hold a grudge. That's why I'm here today. <laughs> uh, but, you know, then it ultimately becomes a part of priorities. If you really like someone... Um, you're gonna you're gonna balance your life with work and play. Advice, insights on building your business and your relationship. This is Single in the City on Talk Radio AM 640. You're listening to Single in the City with Laura Bellata on Talk Radio AM 640. You're listening to Single in the City on Talk Radio AM 640. Right now, we are discussing relationships with a busy career-minded partner or as a busy career-minded partner with Santa Carusi from Inside Jokes, Dr. Mariana Bocarova. I love that. As gymnast. Instru- <laughs> She's a gymnast. <laughs> an instructor who teaches the science of stress at the University of Toronto and city councillor Justin DiCiano. So, Mariana, this one's for you. Okay. Um, how do you suggest peop- uh, busy people make time when they don't really have it? You know... I think scheduling everything and most people really don't like scheduling things but I just had I I was speaking to um, a coach at the Harvard Business School who said take your phone with you everywhere and literally schedule from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed so that you know if you have 15 minutes you can call your partner I think women are good at that but I don't think (laughs) men are too too much Justin do you schedule everything well uh, fortunately yes every minute of my day scheduled because of uh, the job yeah but do you do it or does your secretary nope there's someone in my office completely dedicated to my scheduling (laughs) but my wife will call in and say my wife will call in and tell them uh, he's off on this time this time there's either swimming yeah, or there's so you're this you're not really doing it no I'm not doing it but okay. I agree with Point the taken. whole scheduling thing yeah. it makes things a lot easier you, I look at my week I know where there's gaps I know what to plan if I see a gap I can say honey let's take the kids here or let's do this it r- really awesome. being organized is uh, yeah but it's, it's harder a lot of work. for guys to do yeah I will say that something that men or women but maybe men considering um can do is bring your date with you so if you're going to a talk right now like entrepreneurship talks are Mm -hmm. the big thing in the city is what i'm seeing at least there are a ton of them everywhere if you're interested in something bring your date with you Mm -hmm. because not only are you engaging this person in what you do and what you love your work life right which hopefully what if they don't want to come with you Oh, then that represents some problems maybe because they're maybe yes. not as yeah. interested in your life. But mm-hmm. what I will say is when you when you bring your partner along to your 
whatever work event it might be, they get to see you from a totally different perspective and they get to admire you. Because when you know someone as a partner, you know, you, you know their ins and outs and you know their weaknesses, but when you see them being who they are in the work in the workplace, you can get a really like a very different sense of admiration for them that you might not have in your mm-hmm. um, in your relationship. So it's actually good to expose mm-hmm. them to who you are when you're, you know, let's say Mariana at work versus Mariana as a I partner. agree with that. That's such yeah. a great point. Yeah. Justin, was that when, first of all, sorry, but how did you meet your wife, your common-law? Uh, I met her through a friend. She, um, uh, I, She's an identical twin like myself, so it kind of oh, really, uh, interesting. We were introduced to each other because of that, and then uh, very quickly. Uh, saw Why her. doesn't your brother date her twin? Yeah, she was in a relationship, <laughs> and so was her, her sister. So it oh. uh, never happened, and they're both <laughs> still in those same really relationships. Cool. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, Did you bring her into your life? Like, is you're a city councilor? And I wasn't camp? a city councilor when I originally oh. met her, but yeah, uh, for sure. I, um, you know, I, I, she had a young daughter, and I, um, I wanted to become uh, a figure in her in her life right away. So I, I changed my life uh, literally overnight. I saw the pictures of your kids. They yeah. are so adorable. I think that's so key what he said again. So it's twice he said it during the show and that is when someone, you really like someone, you make those changes and you make it happen and when you're ready. For sure. And anything other than but that is you have to is be ready. Yeah. You, you have, have to be ready. ready. If you're not ready, um, yes. you know, your relationship is doomed. Because yeah. at the end of the day, uh, as good as, you know, I, I see it as that no matter how good your partner you find, how lucky you get finding a partner, they're going to be at best 75% of what you're looking for. There's going to be that 25% that they're not like you and that's okay. And you've got to recognize those differences. And, you know, parts of a relationship are sacrifice and you have to come together and have that patience with each other and say, you're not exactly like me and we're going to work around it. Yeah. Okay, Mariana, Mm -hmm. given your busy schedule, how can you choose the right partner for you? Oh, that's a good question. So I guess the way that you would choose the right partner is knowing what you want going into it. So for instance, we know that people who are on dating sites, um, they end up in happier marriages. And one of the reasons for that might be, or this is pretty recent uh, research anyway, one of the reasons for that might be is because they know what they want going into it. Like if you're on eHarmony, you're not on eHarmony to to be hooking up, right? Because you're paying, you're going through pages and pages of I think dating it depends profiles. on the online dating site too. This is true. <laughs> Bumble, Tinder, Ender. Yeah, those <laughs> might, those I don't yeah. think were accounted for in the, the study. the more serious but ones. The more serious ones, sure, because you know that you're being, you, first of all, you know what you're looking for, which is a serious, stable relationship that might have future potential. You're being matched with people who presumably also want the same thing. So you know going into it, okay, this is what I want. This is what the other person wants. Let's see if it can happen. I think the mismatch occurs when one person really wants a relationship and the other person doesn't want that. Mm-hmm. So it's about identifying, you know, what are your values early on and more so what roles do you want to play early on? Because we know at the beginning, when you first meet someone, you're totally enamored by the way they look. You generally have the same level of education. You generally have the same um, cultural background. What becomes important in the long run is what are your values? So do you value honesty? Do you value family, for instance? And then in the further long run is what are the roles that you're going to play in the relationship? So if you know that you're interested in someone, you think that there's long-term potential there, get into values and roles very early on. And you'll know, you'll have a good idea of whether or not you're a match. More with our guests after the break. You're listening to Single in the City on Talk Radio AM 640.
Now, back to Single in the City with Laura Bellata on Talk Radio, AM 640. Get expert advice and all the answers you need. You're tuned in to Single in the City on Talk Radio, AM 640. Joining me today is Sandra Carusi from Inside Jokes, City Councilor Justin DiCiano, and Dr. Mariana Bocarova. We are discussing relationships with a busy career-minded partner or as a busy career-minded partner. And Justin had something to say before the break. So, Justin? Yeah. Um, I, I think what Mariana was saying is is dead on. Uh, you have to know what uh, what you're looking for when you go into uh, a long-term relationship. And for me, after, you know, going through a couple of relationships, um, I learned a lot about myself. And more importantly, I learned what I was looking for in my partner. And when I finally met my, my wife, um, you know, we went on our first date and I remember just asking her a whole bunch of questions. On uh, the first date? On the first date, directly related to her daughter and um, and how she liked being a mom. And that was the most important thing for me at that point. And, you know, she answered them all correctly. So uh, oh. <laughs> the rest is history. <laughs> and good for you for yeah. being with a woman, with a child and having that maturity and adultness. Because I think that's a big deal, too. How old was the child? Uh, she was 13 months old. Aww. Yep. Wow. Adorable. <laughs> she is adorable. Okay, so Mariana, what toll um, does stress take on the person and on a relationship? So what years and years and years of research of stress have taught us is that stress is a physiological response to a physical and a psychological stressor. And actually in... Well, research done by Mason, since I'm an academic, I guess I'll quote researchers, um, in the 70s showed that actually uh, psychological stress is worse than physical stress. Like you respond more strongly to psychological stress, which is really saying something, right? Because nowadays, like we don't have to be stressed out about mountain lions walking in front of us. Mm-hmm. We live in cities, you know, our stress Flight is- or flight. Hey, yeah, I exactly. get stressed out about coyotes when I'm walking my dog <laughs> oh, in Oakville. <laughs> but it's different, hmm. right? I'm like, always like, is there one around the corner? Yeah. So that, that we know that what's known as distress which is what people usually like people usually when we think stress we think stress is bad that's what we're actually thinking about is called distress so distress is when you feel like there's something toxic that needs to be removed for you to feel relieved again there's also on the flip side something called eustress which is positive stress it's when you get excited so when you meet people who are busy I think I, I would actually say Pay attention to whether the person is busy but is experiencing you stress. So they're excited about their job. They're happy. They want to get in there. They want to, you know, to mm-hmm. do a to do a good job. Versus if they're feeling distressed. So it's like they hate their job. They don't like their friends. They feel like they're just barely making it day after day. They sleep all the time, or they overeat, or they maybe don't sleep enough, and they're cranky. Like there's a huge difference. So if someone's in you stress, they love what they're doing, they love their job. That's great. A relationship with them would probably be fantastic because they're engaged, they're excited, they're happy, even though they might be experiencing this form of stress. People, on the other hand, who are distressed may not be the easiest to be in a relationship um, with because they tend to experience like. I mean, we've all been stressed. We've all experienced distress. We know what it feels like. You don't feel your greatest. Sometimes your muscles ache, your joints ache. Um, you're you're very, um, not, maybe not angry, but you certainly tend to point out people's flaws a bit quicker. You're, you have a mental fog. Like there's huge issues with that. And so being with a partner while experiencing distress is 
it takes a toll on the relationship for sure because you might be just in survival mode. And so if you're in survival mode because your job is stressing you out or your life is stressing you out, you're not available. You literally don't have the cognitive resources available to you um, to be a good partner to make sure that you're meeting all of your partner's now, needs. But what are some ways that people can cope with stress then? Yeah, so there are two ways um, that have been identified. Well, more than two, but two main ones that have been identified in the research literature. The first is emotion-focused coping, and the second is problem-focused coping. The best way to cope is problem-focused coping because you get to the issue. So what you basically do if you want to cope in a problem-focused way is first identify the fact that you're stressed, and you can identify it by figuring out like, oh, I'm, you know, I feel like there are butterflies in my stomach and I'm starting to uh, to sweat. Like, but the why butterflies sometimes can be good. Yes, this is true. It's all about how you frame things, right? So if you actually, if you ever feel very, very nervous, let's say you're about to give a presentation, you can trick yourself from being nervous to being excited because your body doesn't understand the difference. Mm-hmm. It's the same feeling. Can you teach me how to do that? <laughs> <laughs> Every time you feel nervous, just say, oh, I, I guess I'm not nervous. I must be really excited. Okay. But um, so the problem focus coping is one, recognize that you're stressed, two, try to identify what the stressor is, and then three, brainstorm ways of, you know, how can I make this stressor go away? And if I can't make it go away, can I reframe what the problem is at hand so that I have a healthier way of coping with it? The second type of uh, way that we cope is emotion-focused coping, and that's basically when you go out to watch a movie, so you escape from your problems, or you drink some wine, or you go out with friends. And those are okay, but they're not going to solve I the problem at hand. I think that most of the people uh, do that. <laughs> have a glass of wine, Being hammered. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think most people do, right? But it's like, not. And they're st- yeah. They feel stress and they're like, well, I have to go. I have to yeah. have a drink or I have to, you know. The thing with problem focused is it's doing. Or- yeah, it's doing your homework, right? Like most people, if I think if they could, they'd avoid doing the homework because um, it takes a lot a lot of energy and thinking to think, okay, what is my problem now and how am I going to change it versus, you know, grabbing that that bottle of wine or watching that movie or doing things that you might not. Justin, how do you do. how do you cope? Uh, in your relationship when it gets really stressful? Uh, you just communicate. Communicate and touch and um, and work together and just keep barreling through until you, you solve the problems. But uh, like Mariana was saying, uh, think about the solution and, and make sure you work at uh, achieving it. I just want to quickly say Mar- what Mariana said earlier on the show is key, and I think we have to reiterate the importance of uh, touch and human, like you said, if you ignore a baby, how bad it's for their health. Yeah. And I think a lot of these people, when you get caught up with work and, and that, and you ignore yeah. personal yeah. touch and relationships, you're actually affecting your health. But you oh. know what? Some people actually don't like to be touched. I dated a guy who hated yeah. to be touched. Well, really? and I think... Yeah, and I, every time I'd go to touch him, I, he would like cringe almost. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. It's like... There's just some person. Yeah. Some and it really did an, intimacy. Yeah, too. and it really mm-hmm. did a number on me. And mm-hmm. it actually... Um, it pushed me away from that relationship because so, my my love language we were talking about love yeah. lang- love languages is touch. physical touch. I mean, when we touch someone, our brain releases a hormone known as oxytocin, mm-hmm. and basically it's our cuddle hormone or our bonding hormone, and it mm-hmm. helps increase trust. So, for instance, when when mothers have babies, there's a huge spike in their oxytocin levels because they need to bond with that baby. Mm-hmm. So it's not surprising that you wouldn't bond with someone you don't touch. <laughs> You're getting advice from the experts right here on Single and the city on talk radio am 640 
You're listening to Single in the City with Laura Bellata on Talk Radio, AM 640. This is Laura Bellata, and you're tuned into Single in the City on Talk Radio, AM 640. In studio today, we have Sandra Carusi from Inside Jokes, Dr. Mariana Bocarova, who teaches the psychology of relationships at the University of Toronto, and Toronto City Councillor Justin DeCiano. We are talking about managing relationships when you are a workaholic. So, Mariana, I wanted to ask you, how is the fact that uh, more women are better educated, how, do, how is that affecting uh, relationships? Yeah, so we tend, we know that generally women tend to date across and above um, their their earning potential. So for instance, like female lawyers, for in, uh, female lawyers will tend to date other lawyers or men who are in more powerful positions. And this exists across the board. And that's true because I see that in my matchmaking practice. Yeah. Women and come in and they don't want to date, they'll never, they never want to date, date someone who, yeah, they don't want to date down. They never yeah. want to date anyone who makes less than them. Yeah. And I mean, there might be something to be said with that because a, a paper that came out of the University of Chicago. Chicago, I think it was two years ago, basically um, surveyed, I think it was like 14,000 people and found that if a woman out earned her husband, he was more likely to cheat on her. Because they feel emasculated. Yeah. Yeah, And on the flip side, if um, a woman is economically or financially dependent on her husband, she is very, very unlikely to leave the relationship or cheat. But I've also talked to a lot of men who love it. And and when yeah, and Justin's going to tell us about this as well. But mm-hmm. I they also they actually love when um, a woman is powerful and she does make money and she's confident. But they like her to keep that bossy behavior at work. They yeah. don't want her to bring it home and emasculate him. Yeah. But can I and, ask Justin something? and throw the fact that she makes more money than him in her face? But we know, for instance, or that, in his face. Yeah. So we know, for instance, that women are there are more women enrolled in undergraduate and graduate programs than men. There are more women enrolled in law school and medical schools than men. So it's like this is going to shift, you know, the the marriage market in a mm-hmm. way or at least it's going to change roles. So you're right in the sense that um may Maybe some men um, enjoy that their partners make more money than them. This isn't proven by the statistics out of the U Chicago paper, but it, you know there are anomalies everywhere. Um, but maybe they just like the fact that their their wives or their partners have a different role at home. I'm not sure, and I don't know what the research says about that. But what we for sure know is that when a woman out earns her husband, he's more likely to cheat on her. Justin, Justin, how do you feel? Well, when you were single, were you dating like strong, honestly, like strong women who were independent and earning or were you well, just... Well, he bit on me, right? That's right. Again, with <laughs> yeah, that I one, think, oh my I think God. when I was dating, it was probably um, everyone. I, I never really looked at... <laughs> I never really looked at whether you were a you're lawyer a man. or a you know, stay-at-home mom or whatever it was. Um, you have to do what makes you happy. And if you're going to be in a relationship, you want to be in a relationship with someone who's not happy. So, you know, my, my wife has been home for the last few years. Um, she was always someone who went out there and earned a living. And, you know, in the last couple of weeks, she's been talking about going back out there and all the power to her. I mean, if it's going to make her happier when she comes home, that she accomplished more than, um, you know, or, or, or achieved certain goals, then wonderful. I want someone. That's but what if she happier. was truly the breadwinner? Would that bother you? Honestly, think about it. Not at all. Um, listen, I would love to be home with my kids day in and day out. I think as as tough of a job as it is when you're dealing with infants all day long, um, I, she's amazing at it. Um, I would love to do that. So, but what if she came home and started wearing the pants? 
bossing hmm. you around. She she does boss wow. me around. Are you okay with that? <laughs> yeah, she she bosses me around and it, it's a it's teamwork. If you yeah, if I think you're it's in a, a different kind of bossing around. For sure. So how about the movement that um, Mariana was talking? Yeah, the about? men going their way movement. Yeah. So there's this interesting. I don't. I. I I don't know if it's a movement necessarily, but we know that there are like almost 200,000 um, people subscribe to this subreddit called the Red Pill. And the idea is that, it, I mean, it comes from the Matrix, where the idea is that you've taken the Red Pill of Truth and now you understand um, basically relationships or, or intimate relations. And so out of that, or I'm not really sure, it's sort of a chicken or the egg scenario, the men going their own way movement uh, sorry, their men going their own way, let's say, phenomenon has started where men feel as though they they don't need women anymore or they don't. I mean, it's interesting to read these subreddits or to look on their website because it feels like they're, they've just totally, you know, they, they just don't want anything to do with women. It's a backlash to the feminine feminist music uh, so, movement and maybe yeah. the the women's march the, that went on in january and all this empowerment yeah. is and kind a of- lot of men are very emotional and they come out of divorce mm-hmm. and they lose a lot and they can't get over it i was talking to a guy last week yeah. he's like he says i have this really great gr- guy but he's not ready to date yet you know he's really upset and pissed off because his wife took him for half the house and now he has to pay her three thousand dollars a month and i'm like well he's got to do you know take steps to get I over that to, he's like how out. do you get over that time. how do you get over I the paid, fact that you have to pay somebody three thousand dollars a month okay. uh, we have to take a break we'll come back with that okay more with our experts when we come back you're listening to talk radio am 640 this is single in the city with laura Bellata on talk radio am 640 I'm here with my real estate friend, Holly Garvey-Penny. What's up with HGP's tips and trends today? Whoa, Sandra, I received a lot of calls regarding what we talked about last week, the trend towards BRAs or buyer representation agreements. The bra contracts (laughs) and protects the buyer as a client? Exactly, versus the customer. As well, it outlines the commission to the buyer's salesperson if the seller of a property is offering below standard. And you know, Sandra, that's what seems to be the elephant in the room with BRAs. Elephant? Well, you know, it really shouldn't be a concern for buyers. Usually, the seller of a property pays the sales commission. But if it happens to be a lower commission rate, then the buyer pays their salesperson the difference for all their professional services. And of course, the offered price can be reduced by that amount. And again, before you sign a contract, always make sure you understand it. For anyone that I can help, call or email me with any questions. They can reach you at HEP at BosleyRealEstate.com or call her at 416-322-8000. Thanks, Sandra. I'm Laura Bellotta. Thanks for tuning in to Single in the City on Talk Radio AM 640. My co-host today is Sandra Carusi from Inside Jokes and Toronto City Councillor Justin DiCiano and Dr. Mariana Bocarova from the University of Toronto are also here in studio. Before the break, Sandra was reading some quote that she desperately wants to read, <laughs> so go ahead. Well, it's the men going their own way movement that Mariana talked about, and on the website, they have quotes like this from Nikola Tesla, the car guy. Justin, is that who he is? No. Um, oh. All right. No, he's not. Okay. He's an well, inventor. Okay. He so he, inventor, yeah. he said, I do not think you can name many great inventions that have been made by married men. Be alone. That is the secret of invention. Be alone. That is when ideas are born. And then another one, I quote, Be alone and what? Like watch porn? Play with themselves, yeah. Okay. Sorry. I've never heard, anyways. <laughs> another one, I don't have time for a wife in an airplane, said Wilbur Wright, the Wright brothers. 
So tell us more about the movement, though. Why are men moving towards this? So from what I, I I did a quick search last night after we sort of talked about it, and there hasn't been any research on it as far as I could tell. But I think it might be, I mean, and there hasn't been any scientific research on it, but there are like men's, men's study, um, men's gender studies opening up in different universities. So obviously, now we're starting to understand that, okay, men want men want to be understood as well and I think the men going their own way movement is sort of like that I'm like it's difficult to say because just by a quick screening of it it just seemed like there it you know the forums are filled with really angry men who just don't feel like they fit into society anymore okay yeah and so so I would agree I mean to me this seems like a little bit more of a of a cult group there's there's a defeatist attitude here amongst these men and and I guess you're going to have that in society. Uh, it, it makes no sense to me. I mean, if they want to sulk in their own misery uh, after a little you. bit of failure, go ahead. But uh, the rest of us will, will learn from our failures and become better people. I think they're also just confused about the role that they're supposed mm-hmm. to be playing. I had a student in one of my classes who said he went to open a door for a woman, and she basically said, I don't need you to do that. See, and, I like yeah. it, though, and I don't blame the guys. A lot I think of people do, Yeah, but a lot of people still do like it. They do yeah. like gentlemen. Yeah, a lot of ladies like that. My wife doesn't. That, yeah. I open she the door for really? her. She goes, I can open the door. But she says oh. it very sweetly. But Aww. she just, I'm like, okay. That's probably because she doesn't want to inconvenience you. Who knows what it is, but. Because you're such a busy entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know for my student, though, he was just taken aback by it. And he said, well, I'm not doing that ever again. And he he said that a few of his colleagues were in the men going their own way movement. They just didn't, they didn't really want a relationship anymore. Didn't care about it. Well, we've run out of time. Thank you, guys. It was such a great segment today. So thank you, Mariana, Justin, and Sandra for joining me. Uh, You can listen to more of Sandra by tuning into her show Inside Jokes right here on Talk Radio AM 640 at 8 p.m. tonight. If you have any further questions about the psychology of relationships, you can reach Mariana Bokarova. That's the last time I'll ever say <laughs> At Psychology Today, uh, the Psychology Today website. If you have any questions you would like answered on the air, you can email me at laura at singleinthecity.ca. And my new book, Single in the City by Laura Bellotta, is a great tool to help you conquer your dating and relationship fears and will teach you the secrets to attracting the person for you. You can grab a copy online at Amazon or online and in stores at Chapters Indigo. Make sure to tune in next week for more dating and relationship advice. You're listening to Single in the City on Talk Radio AM 640. Ciao for now.